0: Some trouble. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider Man podcast where we dive into every Spider Man
1: cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Yes, and it's telling me that the Punisher, his boyfriend, and their sex van is back.
0: Yes, Battle Sex Fan. To listen to this <laughs> show, find us on 4 or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, Illustration and Design That Fit Your Personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And of course, we'd like to thank a uh thank nope. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular <laughs> patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, and Brad. Thank, thank you. you. It's time to uh, go mad from the revelation that our dad is caught in limbo in a parallel uh, interdimensional gateway. Doug, wow. you ready for that?
1: Wow. <laughs> I'm so ready for that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just... I, that really, truly just came out. I did not prepare to do that.
1: Um, I, uh, this episode yeah. forced me to reckon with things I've said over the past few weeks. Uh, oh, really? Because that okay. interdimensional portal... Extremely literal.
0: (laughs) It is very fascinating because, like, it is so funny because I feel like there's a version of this episode. That could play on the ambiguity and just be like, is Harry going mm-hmm. crazy, or is this really happening? I think it or did not? for it, the
1: vast majority of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I think there's
0: there's really only a couple of points where it's ambiguous, and then it's just sort of like, then they just kind of like, they're just kind of like, no, it's real. Actually, no, <laughs> this here's is, the reality. This really happened. There's there's no way. Like there's I mean, yeah. if, if this if this was a hallucination, then like it's a very poorly done hallucination, and I yeah. don't believe that. So, but I get uh, why yeah. they
1: do what they do. I we mm-hmm. probably won't I be able to Talk about it until the very end, but I get why they do what they yeah. do.
0: No, I think we can just uh, talk about it knowing that it ultimately is – I think you have to because otherwise it's sort of annoying because I think it's sort of like – yeah, because there are are things early on where it's just sort of like it would be really hard to explain away – like you would have to do like the most like over-the-top like – Agent Scully has just clearly seen an alien, but is, like, making the most obtuse scientific rationalization to, like, explain to herself because she's in denial oh, that it doesn't make sense I mean, kind of stuff, I, you know?
1: I don't know about that. Like, I could buy it being ambiguous the whole time through. I'm more talking about how this episode leads into something that this series famously does that mm-hmm. I don't know could be as effective if they don't say, no, this is actually literal. Oh, sure. Happening. I don't I, know, I know that we could, could be quite as convinced, you know?
0: Yeah. I think there's a couple of clues in in pretty early where it's just sort of like it would be really hard to explain that this was Harry hallucinating. But we'll get to it as cool. we go through the podcast. There's
1: something. more that, I, I love that cuz that means there's yeah. more to talk about than maybe I realized. Yeah
0: no either either way i think this i i like this episode a lot i think it's a really fascinating one uh for a lot of reasons so yeah so so let's talk about it episode of course as usual disney plus you can watch it there the episode we're talking about is spider-man the animated series season four episode eight entitled partners in danger chapter eight the return of the green goblin
1: Valve for his sake, boy. Do it. <coughs> ah! Ah! Well, well.
0: Harry's clothes and his laptop in sleep mode. He must have thought it was off. Nice. The way I figured, Parker, You're really the Green Goblin. What?
1: What the devil? (laughs) Well, what do you know? That must be me up there!
0: Harry, your father was the Green Goblin.
1: (sighs) He's lying, isn't he? Your whining simp of a father doesn't exist anymore.
0: What? I don't believe it. How can she be there? How? No, that could be Aunt May. She can't see all this. The shock might... Peter? Mary Jane. The synopsis per IMDb is, Harry has discovered that Peter is Spider-Man. Now the Green Goblin is beginning to haunt
1: him. That's it. That's all that happens. The original Wait, air date is, is... so funny to me? It's
0: really funny. I don't know why. He
1: discovers that Peter is Spider-Man, and now the Green Goblin is beginning to haunt him. Cause and effect. Very clear connection.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, actually, just a weird coincidence that those two things just happened <laughs> to be happening around the yeah. same time. Um Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh weirdly, the original air date was July 12th, 1997, which is another case Whoa. where it's just like t- two months after the last episode. Over two wow. months, I think. Yeah, it's really weird. The way that they they aired these, I mean, it's kind of part of the course for a lot of like kids' TV. But for something this popular, I'm sort of surprised that they spaced stuff out as much as they did. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, at least the last episode was sort of like mostly the resolution of an arc, but considering it had like the tease of Harry finding the mask, right? Um, it is like I feel like you could just like justifiably have forgotten that that happened <laughs> by the time you. I mean, song, I guess but.
1: I don't know that this is why, but I guess it explains why they flash back to something that happened last week.
0: Right. Right. Yep. Because it was two months ago. So, <laughs> this, yeah, this episode was written by Mark Hoffmeyer, uh, one of the writers on the show. We know very, very well, though, funnily enough, he's like one of the writers. Like, for one, a lot of these episodes uh, have, like, John Semper also credited his story or whatever, which I always mm-hmm. found, find kind of shit. I always find a little shitty when a showrunner puts their name on multiple episodes because, I mean, like, they're doing a pass on every script anyway, and that it kind of mm-hmm. takes away some. But, but. Also, I'm sure he wasn't making banks, so like collect your residual checks from this show then for being credited on every episode, John, I guess. But regardless, this one is an interesting one because his name is not on this one. It's one of the few hmm. that is only credited to Mark Hoffmeyer, so uh, theoretically Mark Hoffmeyer did the bulk of the work on this episode more than usual. And it's funny too, cause he's normally like, we talked about it way, way, way early in the show, but like they talked about in a lot of interviews that like, he was kind of their comedy guy. Like yeah. when he was brought in, he was the one with more of a comedy background. So a lot of the shows humor was built on him. And then he shows up and writes this episode that is like, not very funny, but it is Green Goblin. So there's like a weird level of like comedy yeah. from Green Goblin inherently. So it kind of makes sense. Like it's actually, now that I think about it, there's a lot of like darkly comedic things in this episode, actually. So actually, maybe it kind of makes sense that he wrote this now that I think about it. But
1: it's also not that weird for somebody who does comedy to also yeah. write dark. <laughs>
0: I mean, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's not... But it's just it's just interesting. When thinking about it in those terms as sort of like your comedy guy writing this episode, mm-hmm. Like, some of the co- comedic moments that like, land really well in this episode that have always stuck with me make a lot more sense when I think about it in those terms now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. sense. I mean, there are certainly highlight characters in here being a Green Goblin episode, but... Everybody in this episode is somebody that we have met before, whether it's Harry, Norman, Spider Man, whoever. It's all it's all mm-hmm. folks we're familiar with. So pieces yeah. that are on the board but haven't really been on the board for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Harry's been like yeah. floating around the board for a little while, but you yeah. know this is exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, this episode, Gary, I'm off really gets to like. Go for it. Finally, Mm -hmm. it's been like a very long time with this show that he's just been like, Harry is a wiener and he's either scared or mad. (laughs) And this time it's just like, oh, okay, this guy can't act. Okay, he actually is very good. Cool. Finally, (laughs) we can finally see that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing, and I will say before we get into all this, it is weird because this is a green goblin story that embraces a character talking to. Arguably himself, but also more literally like another goblin. So there are multiple goblins in here. So we'll try to make it clear who, which goblin at any given point is the goblin speaking. (laughs) Yeah, I think we'll nail it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And I do think that like this episode like the identity of the goblin isn't really like a major part of it. It really is like, it is Harry through and through throughout this. Even oh yeah. when he's Goblin regalia, you know, like I think that that's an in- interesting distinction. Like, we'll, we can have a conversation other, about like yeah, Harry yeah. as a goblin, but I do think an interesting distinction is that it's sort of like, well, this episode really does not play on the mystery very quickly. It's, it's obviously Harry mm-hmm. that we le- that Spider-Man learns who it is. We always know that it's always Harry and like, I think him being like he never really fully is a Green Goblin. It is always feels like it is intentionally. This is Harry wearing the Green Goblin costume and being kind of bad at it in a way that I think is like really intentional and oh. really fun. You know. Yeah.
1: Oh, we'll get into it because this <laughs> there are plenty of characters who remark on how bad Harry Osborn is at being a Green yeah, Goblin. Yeah,
0: it's honestly, really, it's honestly <laughs> kind of genius. Kind of genius, but yeah, 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 we got plenty to talk about. Let's let's start going
1: through it. (laughs) So I love the way this episode opens because it opens with a nightmare. So this is a nightmare that Harry Osborn is having. Um, It includes New York City full of green smoke and bats. It includes Norman being pulled away from Harry and into the face of Green Goblin, which happens to be on the front of an Oscorp factory, a familiar looking Oscorp factory. Um, Mm -hmm. Harry also falls into a Spider-Man and then begs to be saved by Spider-Man. Wait, Harry, you know, (laughs) falls into a Spider-Man. I mean, who knows? What he dreams about is his business. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Harry falls into a spider web (laughs) and then begs to be saved by Spider-Man. And instead of being saved, he is attacked by uh, Man-Spider, which I thought was a very fun, cool secret. Why didn't he fall into Man-Spider's arms? There's so many of them.
0: I do like the picture of him. the the, the, picturing the idea of Harry Harry Osborn falling into Spider-Man's arms and then Spider-Man's holding him just being like oh "Oh, save me (laughs) Spider-Man
1: I would like that too I would like that too instead he gets thrown and uh thrown by Norman into the mouth of a green goblin and this is when he finally wakes up
0: yeah it's a cool it's a cool sequence I love it I'm gonna go ahead and skip Right now to one of the faces of the episode I pulled, because I think it's really important to get the uh, to set the scene, (laughs) because when Harry wakes up and we get a glimpse of his bedroom, no fucking wonder this boy is having nightmares when you see his decor and he's got these horrific images, like (laughs) these horrific paintings. I I love them. Don't get me wrong. I want to recreate these paintings. They are scary. Scary. Well, actually, no. One of them is a scary painting. The other one's fucking cool. But, like, I can see also if it's gigantic in your room, you might have nightmares, especially if you're hairy. Because, like, I don't. I don't understand. I don't like. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. I think a painting of the one that he has above his bed. I would absolutely fucking love to have that. I was gonna but say. I, don't I under- would
1: love to know which one you think is scary and which one you think is cool. And that would no, have been my the, guess.
0: The <laughs> one on the left. The one on the left is scary. The one above his bed is cool, but I think it could be scary because that thing is huge. Like, do you see how like gigantic that yeah. portrait is? The painting is. It's huge. But yeah, you wake it's up like, at
1: the wrong angle and you're looking into that fucker's eyes. Yes.
0: Yeah. That thing's—it seems like it could be haunted, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, but like, I just want to know. I know, like, some you know, sometimes it's like some stuff is like you know miscommunicated, miscommunicated when it goes overseas or whatever, right? Like, let's say you get like gibberish, like written on walls sometimes yeah. because it's people who aren't speaking English. You know, right just writing stuff because they weren't told what to write. Like that stuff always makes sense to me. Um, or like miscolorizations mm-hmm. or miscolorings or whatever that makes sense. Yeah, I just can't wrap my head around what this was ever supposed to be. Like how did how did this turn out to look like what it looks like? I like think I just don't it's understand. It's just
1: meant to be like sort of like weird, almost cubist art. You know, like maybe it's yeah. weird, sort of because like the 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 one that you've called the scary one is almost like. I mean calling it comparing it to Picasso is stupid because Picasso is yeah. great but like it's got that sort of vibe to it right like a face that's sort of represented you can tell yeah. it's a face but it's all kind of distorted and like everything's at the sort of wrong angle or whatever so I could see where they were coming from the one above his bed is like maybe just not as great a representation of that especially because it looks like some sort of weird like gremlin duck um, but I love it oh see
0: yeah 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 I can, to- I, can- I see what you're saying and I guess Wait, you what know, do you I see if
1: you didn't see a gremlin duck
0: I saw just like a warrior man, um, but I feel like like maybe like sort of like Asian inspired, like maybe Japanese inspired. Uh I'm not exactly sure how, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've seen like old, like paintings of like Japanese warriors um, Mm -hmm. that kind of look like that, especially with like, and like, and he just has like face paint on um, on his forehead and he's wearing like a, like a bracelet. Like that's, that's what I sort of see from that, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. And I guess, you know, I don't know how big, the cell that they're painting on really is. And also like, they're expecting this to just be broadcast on like an SD TV. So it's like the details do not like the, Right. Like, what we're watching, even though this isn't upscaled or anything, it is, like, the most detailed that the show has ever been beyond the imagination of anyone who is making it. Nobody – when they were making it, they never would have expected this show to be, like, this easily visible and easily screen-capped in the way that we're able to do it now. So, like, I I understand that aspect of it, but it is just – yeah, it's just so funny because the the fact that, like, I – I've seen them draw like paint just like random blocks and you know just like out of abstract stuff. But the fact that they tried to make like faces, Mm -hmm. but like kind of an abstract, like you were saying, like cubist faces is such an interesting choice. I'm obsessed with it.
1: I genuinely want to recreate like recreate these faces. They're they're so fun. They also don't like look like they belong in the 90s show, they look so much older. They look right. like they, they look should like they be they in the '80s the show. show or the '60s show. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I think they. Co- I think they look right out. I would. I wouldn't honestly really bat. I mean, I would still call it out, but I wouldn't be surprised seeing it on the on the on that '60s show. Yeah, it would just be like, yeah, a lot of that show was very, you know, was very surreal and everything. It's just like and you know, painting. if you look at every other piece of decor in Harry's room, it's like basic like bed bath and beyond stuff that he got you know like there's nothing weird I and mean, then these paintings just stick out like a sore throat thumb no
1: no there is something weird about these this furniture because if you look at his nightstands why are they sideways those look like drawers what? that are sideways
0: oh my god yeah it's like he's like oh it's like a, like a cabinet that he'd open up instead of drawers <laughs> right. oh my god oh I'd i even, guess that's what it is yeah
1: maybe it's meant to be a cabinet but
0: nobody nobody has nightstands
1: like that That that's not a real thing (laughs) because you (laughs) can't reach it from your bed if it's a cabinet like that what is the point yeah that makes it so hard maybe they're maybe they're like maybe they are drawers but they're meant to hold like magazines upright
0: you know hey i mean actually you know what reading material by bed that that's not really (laughs) that's kind of smart
1: yeah i mean he looks like he might potentially have one of those like it's a little too low because it's like at his head, but he kind of looks like he has one of those like bookshelves that goes above your head. Yeah, like it instead looks of a like headboard. It could be that. Yeah. Maybe it could he's be a, that, yeah. a a voracious reader.
0: Yeah. Interesting. What, also, is, what okay, is this just, thing on his dresser? The black thing? I was yeah. just gonna add I was I was just gonna say it if looks we're, like if a we're tap. At, it does. So
1: hmm. I mean, he's extremely rich, so he could have like a tap of literally anything wherever he wants it.
0: Yeah, I mean, but truly, like you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, extremely thirsty. The, instead of walking all the way to the bathroom, you walk to your dresser, turn on the faucet, and put your mouth under it. <laughs> or, <laughs> or because I, mean, I don't see any cups, that maybe, maybe, ooh, maybe it's just stacks of cups that are in his uh, sideways nightstand. Is what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, that would
1: fit vertical. Yeah, it was
0: fit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or alternatively, that's a it's a pump for lotion for his. I was
1: just gonna say the magazine drawers, the lotion, lotion,
0: lotion or lube, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the magazine drawer. Actually, no, I like your take because yeah, the magazines and the uh, <laughs> lotion and or lube that actually fits together even better. <laughs> so it's either yeah. All right, we'll set out a poll right now. Uh, we need to everyone vote on this. Yeah. Do you think that 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 Harry's bedroom is? Cups of water and a water faucet or a lube pump and a drawer full of magazines. I have a feeling I
1: know which one's going to (laughs) win.
0: I mean, we know which one will win, but I will be curious how many people would vote for the water one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow! I'm glad we had this beautiful HGTV moment about Harry's bedroom. (laughs) This
0: is one of the best conversations we have ever had on this podcast, I feel like, in my opinion.
1: We've been delivered some nice episodes these past few weeks, so I'm happy that they have inspired.
0: I really like season four of Spider-Man the Animated Series. Me too. I did not expect that going into it, but these have been really fucking good episodes. It's just in a different
1: way than I would have expected, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, they have been surprising, and like th- we've only gotten one genuinely bad one. Mm-hmm. Every other episode has been like a r- like have been very solid banger. and really fascinating to watch. Yeah, yeah, and tons to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Good job, season four.
0: Seriously, for sure. Anyway, we are maybe like thirty seconds into the episode <laughs> right now. <laughs>
1: He's had a nightmare. That's it. He's (laughs) had a
0: nightmare. We actually haven't even spent any time in the real world of this (laughs) show. We've spent time in Harry's brief dream space, and that is it.
1: Yeah. Well, now that you all have a full picture of Harry's bedroom, imagine him waking up.
0: Wow. That's what happens next. (laughs) By the way, if you, yeah, the picture of this on our website and on our social media, if you want to, and on Patreon as well, if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about, we will have a screen cap of that for sure.
1: You've had at least 10 full minutes to go to the website and find the picture to play along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, by now,
0: by now you're looking at along with us. Um, Yeah. So when he wakes up, the nightmare isn't over though, because he sees a (gasps) vision of the green goblin in his bathroom mirror Um, and he's like, um, I love how quickly it just jumps into, he's just hallucinating the goblin now. Like it's like, you don't need anything else. Like, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, I, I think it's interesting, too, because, like, it's sort of absurd at first, but then I think it makes sense as you're watching it that it's, like, he sees a vision of the Green Goblin in his bathroom mirror and immediately is just, like, driving in his car following the instructions <laughs> of the Green Goblin in his mirror, which when I'm first watching it, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck, man, this is absurd. But, but the context is, like, I, I think it becomes clear that, like, Harry is... It, like Harry is enticed by the mystery of what happened to his father, yeah, and exactly, fo- and, and is following this weird event to that. Like he's doing it reluctantly, but like also it's sort of like the first answer you've gotten in. I think they they established in this episode that they that the turning point happened four months prior. So his dad's and Mary Jane have both been missing for four months like this bizarre bananas thing is happening, but this is also the first clue you have ever gotten to solving the trauma that has haunted you for four months. Mm -hmm. It does actually, as absurd as it seems, it does actually make sense that he jump at the chance to be like, Oh, you were telling me that I'll get answers if I drive to the Oscorp industrial park yeah. <laughs> as you, man in the mirror, are guiding me. Sure, you know what? What else do I have to lose right. at this point? I've had
1: no other it's kind of like when you turn to a psychic, right? It's like I've had no other leads whatsoever. Yeah, I guess yeah. finally I'll talk to the psychic. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And that's when the vision directs him to the janitor's closet that uh has like a secret elevator, right? Now, this was the first this was the first point what I was alluding to earlier. The very first thing that yeah. happens that it's sort of like it's it would be really really hard to explain that this could be Harry hallucinating because it isn't like it isn't just that like Harry like sort of stumbles on the secret lab. It's like the goblin gives him very particular instructions for how to like turn the faucet in a very particular way. Yeah. um, And even comment on how specific it is. Right, right. And that's what it's sort of like there isn't, you know, there is an Agent Scully explanation where it's sort of like, well, you know, you've heard your father over the years talking about these things. And maybe you even saw him as a child use this and put the pieces together subconsciously. And that's how you manifested it. But it's like you have to work so hard to make that make sense that it's like right from the get go. I feel like it's like you kind of got to just take this as, like, reality. Like, the goblin really is there giving these instructions. I don't
1: necessarily disagree with you, but I do think this show could get away with, if they kept it ambiguous enough, that it just Mm -hmm. would have been like, okay, I don't really know what's going on here. I could lean on the fact that there's something real going on, but I don't know what, Um, you know? Sure, yeah. I I definitely take your point about, like, the Scully thing. Like, you would have to have... Such such a determination to sort of discredit what Harry is going <laughs> right. through to come up with an explanation um, yeah. that at that point is sort of like, I don't know, maybe just like take the simplest explanation.
0: <laughs> right, right. Because also after that, Harry goes to the to the uh, secret lab, which, by the way, one little animation thing I like is that like when he's going, to, it's really brief, but when he's going down the elevator, like... They take a lot of work to make his clothes like rippling in the wind in a very like anime way as the elevator is like quickly shooting down to the ground floor.
1: There's a couple cool animation things in here, yeah
0: yeah and I think it's a flourish that like I didn't really need because I would have just expected him to just stand there as the elevator went down, but it really like emphasizes like first first of all the absurdity of the situation that he's just suddenly on this elevator sh- being shot down at like lightning speed, yeah. but also like I think it really better communicates how high tech it is because it is shooting down at lightning speed um. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, once he gets there to the secret lab, then the uh, the goblin, like, recounts how he was trapped in the interdimensional limbo, which, again, like, it, he's basically recounting the exact events of Turning Point. And the only thing he leaves out is that is the part where, like, he is unmasked as Norman Osborn in that mm-hmm. episode. He just leaves out the one key fact. But otherwise, like, he explains all this stuff that, like, there's no way that Harry would know, which, again, another point in, in favor of the goblin being Actually for real and not hallucination at yeah,
1: this point. No doubt. No doubt. You're you're yeah. totally right. Like there's all these pieces that like point to it yeah. being like literal. I guess yeah. what I should have said at the top. I know top what you're is, saying like, though. No, no, no. I think what I should have said at the top is like there was a way to tell this story where Harry becomes the green goblin and you still use some of the elements, but you would have to get rid of some of these pieces in order to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be harder to justify. I mean, there is a it would be it would, wouldn't be well, as good. I guess <laughs> yeah i think there. there i mean it would be a way for him to just accidentally stumble on the Goblin's secret lab i guess but like i but this, i kind of like this, this, this better episode
1: does so much to make harry stupid that there's no right. way they'd be able to pull that off right <laughs> without yeah. him suddenly and, and it, having revelations or like stumbling across something on norman's desk which this harry has never had the motivation to do other harrys we've seen right. sure but not this one
0: yeah yeah right i yeah exactly and i kind of like It's yeah. And and I like that. And and to be clear, like when you say like this episode does, goes to great lengths to make Harry stupid. I fucking love that. I think that's actually a really smart thing that this episode does Mm -hmm. that Harry is never good at this and really truly needs the original Green Goblin to be holding his hand the entire way through. So I think that like making it a real thing that the Green Goblin is just there just almost exasperated at this guy just like his his literal fail son Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just like exasperated like oh my God can you just go here? Can you just go here? Okay, can you just do this? Oh my God, can you just do this? Like (laughs) I kind of like that better so I'm glad that they sort of established that dynamic early um instead of trying to like they really don't try to pull the rug out from under you really unless and, you want to let them you know
1: and and that the whole like oh my god harry just do the thing like oh my god you're the one person i've got also the fact that this has been four months like you mentioned and norman or not norman i guess he doesn't know it's norman green goblin is like i've been desperately trying to reach out this yeah. whole time until i found someone who'd listen okay so like does that mean that it took four months for Harry to listen or were you literally trying like everybody else before you got to Harry
0: that's kind (laughs) of hilarious actually
1: this is who you ended up with and you're like well fuck I guess I've got my dumb son
0: I kind of love that. Re- like he's like trying to show up to like Anastasia Hardy and like Jay Jonah Jameson
1: or right. whatever. Like literally any of his like rich, capable, like resource-rich friends. Anybody crafty, yeah. connected, any motivated, even in the slightest. Yeah,
0: I love that reading. I I do. I think that reading is the funnier one.
1: I don't think, However, that's, I don't think that's it though. No,
0: that's not it. That's not it. However, I do. There is a tragedy. I think that's really clever. It You know, if he really has been trying to reach out to Harry for the past four months or just generally just like screaming into the void until someone listens, which Mm -hmm. is also possible, I do think it's really smart that like – Harry only now starts hearing him yeah. Um, because it's sort of like then there's a deeper tragedy to his relationship with Peter because Peter's like, I need to be there for you, Harry. And then he clearly, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, has not been there for Harry yep. and has only kind of been making it worse. Then it's sort of like, God, if Peter really had been able to make time for Harry and been there for him and let Harry be more receptive yes. to him, he might not have gone to a dark enough place to start hearing Goblin because it's Absolutely. sort of implied – It's, like, implied that the only reason he's hearing Goblin through the interdimensional barrier right now is that, like, he has gone to, like, such a – he is longing so much for his father and it is such a dark place that, like, it's, like, dark enough to have opened the barrier between dimensions for his father to reach out to him. And it's, like, he has to be in such a a terrible place for this to work, which means that Peter had fucking been there for his friend and – you know like none of this would have happened which kind of makes harry's like you know feeling a betrayal of his best friend like that which were justified in this episode it's so fucking genius yeah
1: no it's actually it's super great like you said like it's funnier if you know these were like fruitless (laughs) efforts to get in touch with other people but it makes way more sense and it's like devastating for it to happen this way given that I guess two months ago instead of last week, we saw like just the extent to which Harry has been trying to to connect with Peter and failing to do so, yeah. or not that he's failing, but Peter's failing him,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah no it's sure. it's
1: really sad and really dark. I also yeah. love kind of the idea that like Harry's superpower is like being sad enough to open up interdimensional portals.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that idea too god this I like i this. Should I say, I think this might be my favorite episode of the season so
1: far. wow. I
0: really like this episode. I think it's really, I, mean, I, don't, know I don't know that I, I, I immediately
1: just, have something to like put up against it to say like, right. no way because of this, you like, know.
0: I have liked every episode this season outside of Partners, but I feel like in terms of like how kind of uh, into the episode I am and like satisfied with it as I am and sort of just like kind of entranced by how, what, everything that it, that it's doing. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think this episode just like genuinely surprised me with how good it was when watching with a critical like this is one of those episodes that really does like get better. I think the more you think about it as it goes along Um, and I don't know it's just really well constructed and still manages to like do a lot of stuff Uh, like like this is another one that I I, I, I kind of wish it was a two-parter because I would like to see even more of the dynamics that they have in it, but it doesn't need to be because it's a pretty great package. Yeah, right. I think the episode like does executes what it's doing really well. Yeah. It's like I'm also okay with it being only one episode, but yeah, it's just really good. And this is show just I think this show's just kind of nailed it with Green Goblin. Like every Green there are there aren't that many Green Goblin centered episodes, but the the handful that we have are all like some of the best the show has ever put out. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. It is I, I yeah. think I think it's hard to argue with the assertion that this is one of the best episodes of the show and maybe the best episode yeah. of the season whether yeah, like it's, it's the one that any particular person like vibes with the most like is beside sure. the point like i think it's just a a very good episode it's if not like just a generally great episode yeah yeah
0: yeah it's a well constructed one and i do think like i mean i'm not i don't know it feels withering almost getting to like final thoughts like right now but no, like no
1: like it's already things pointing to that you know what i mean like the yeah, things that you're talking even, about like are pointing to that so quickly
0: Yeah, like right from the get go, just the way that everything's set up is like really smartly done. And even like a lot, you know, animation this season has been kind of either down the middle or kind of lackluster, but like the few times you get flourishes is good. And I think this episode has more flourishes Mm -hmm. and like good little moments than any of the other episodes we've seen so far have. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get
1: why you're excited about this one. It makes sense to me. It's good. (laughs) Well, get excited about Harry getting buff because (laughs) I don't know that I could. (laughs)
0: Nope, me either. No, nope, no, nope. that that's I just, in the cards for me. But I will say, I laughed when it happened because it is a very yeah. funny visual. because basically, the vision like presses Harry to just like uh like, un- like unscrew the gas tanks that are in there. Um, it's goblin gas, right? Like we are, we, we kind of yeah. fucking
1: Harry's the only one who happening. doesn't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, just, you know, open those tanks. Turn the valve. Turn the valve. He's like, huh? Turn the valve. Um, turn the valve, Harry. Okay. And then he turns the valve. It's green gas. He's turning into a goblin. Obviously we get this really, it is kind of a funny shot where like Harry just bulges the fuck out of his clothes. They rip around him as his muscles bulge. You know, there's 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 people who are into that fetish that probably like what they're seeing. I just laugh but when like, Harry lets what? out his wimpy his wimpy scream <laughs> as it happens. Yeah, like he he his Gary Imoff is really fucking good in this episode, Absolutely. but like he doesn't transform his voice at all in this, so it is still his old school H- wiener Harry voice. just going <laughs> ah, as his muscles are getting huge, so it's this giant giant body letting out this like wimpy little yell. It's really funny.
1: What's funny about it is, to me is like. Harry Osborn's like a wimpy wiener, but like no character on this show is not like, like pretty buff or like at least built, you know what I mean? So like, and, and Goblin isn't even, no Goblin we've gotten in the show is close to the buffest character (laughs) we've seen. So like, it's just funny to me that he like beefs up in such a way that's like bigger than he actually ends up being. When he's the goblin, like it's so <laughs> funny to me. I'm like, point. why did we do this? <laughs> That's a
0: good point. Yeah, he's not that because he's not. Yeah, he's still. It's he's not kind like of the he's same a bigger body type.
1: version of the Green Goblin. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, I get that they're trying to signify that, like, yeah. he is getting the super strength of the goblin, but they go a little bit overboard with it as literally yeah. ripping out of his sweater. Like, that's a little, that's a little much.
1: <laughs> There's ways to show. That. It's not like a thing this show does. You know what I mean? I guess, like, right. Scorpion yeah. had some of that stuff, um, yeah. like, early on. But even then, they signified it differently, I would argue, than him ripping yeah, out his was, clothes.
0: Right. And that was a very extreme, like, extreme yeah. body change, too. So. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But
1: I don't know. Yeah, that was so funny to me. I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Well, okay, this... I mean, it makes sense when I realized where the whole episode was going, but this kind of caught me off guard at first because it is out of
0: it feels out of nowhere. It (laughs) does, it does, but
1: it's crafty, you know, like it's cool, Mm -hmm. like where everything falls into place uh, once you see it. But like outside the city, Anna Watson shows up to a cemetery where Punisher is, and they end up running into each other uh, because they're both basically—I mean—they're visiting their spouses graves essentially. Um it's like late at night though, so Punisher's like what are you doing out here? You should not be out here. Um so they agree to go back to Anna's house and they talk. Um it's very cute. They're just like drinking tea and Anna is like confiding in the Punisher um things about yeah. what she's going through which involves saying what she thinks happened to Mary Jane and because she's Anna Watson, she is pretty certain that Peter Parker knows where MJ is but is just secretive and won't say anything. And so Punisher is like, you know what? This Peter Parker guy seems shady, um, and MJ seems like an innocent victim of his shenanigans. So I will investigate him for you, yeah, um, and for himself because Punisher's going through things.
0: I okay. So a couple of things. Um, I, I I like I like that this is the way they wrote Punisher into it by like receiving you almost information. said Pony sure, and I like that. I did almost say <laughs> Pony sure. Yep, that's his pony. Is they call is it Pony pon- Sona? They, they call it Pony. Pony Sona is that a thing? Is that, I'm sure that I don't it. know. I mean, I know that. I mean, that's a thing. I know, I know, but I know that I know that pony fa- bronies and pony fans and stuff make pony versions of themselves. They but call like, what it is it pony called?
1: Sona? I don't know. Pony don't know. Sona
0: makes sense. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> why is this a conversation we're having? <laughs> yeah, I, I I like that this is the way that Pony Sure is receiving this information because <laughs> receiving it from Anna Watson truly is like. The worst way to get this information oh. and the best way to For get us. him in the wrong direction and, and, and you know, become antagonistic uh-huh. towards Peter Parker. Yeah. Like A plus such clever writing. I'm curious like how okay and and like and this is all well written like Anna Watson is well written because this is exactly who she is.
1: Mm-hmm. How do
0: you feel about Anna Watson as a character at this point? Like do you feel like she's just being like a fucking Karen or whatever or does this actually feel make her more sympathetic than she's been in the past? Because she's not I'm conflicted about it because I will. I do think that like they try to treat her. I do think they try to like justify her hatred for Peter in a way that they never had before. Um, in this, like, what she's saying, like, it's sort of like I do kind of get where she's coming from in this case. Like, if she already kind of dislikes Peter and he is a mysterious guy who's incredibly unreliable and it is weird from her perspective that Mary Jane would like him, I do sort of get why she'd make these conclusions. Yeah. But also, I've hated her for so long so think, much up to this point that I have a hard time like not thinking that she's still being an awful person. I don't know.
1: I mean, I think she is generally an awful person. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, like that evaluation, right? I think it's okay based on everything they've shown us to be like Anna Watson sucks generally speaking, right. I yeah. do think that. Um, you, if you wanted to be charitable, like, and I don't know that people necessarily want to, but if the show wants to be charitable to Anna Watson, I do think it makes perfect sense for her when things are generally fine to come across as this horrible person who just like hates Peter for no reason goes through this really horrible thing where we can sympathize, sympathize with her. And then when we get to this point, she's no longer being like this raging bitch about Peter for no reason. Um, she's just sort of now like telling this guy, I've never really liked him. I've always thought something was up. Now I kind of feel validated in that. And I think that, that, you know, all the things I I suspected are actually true. Like she is being portrayed differently here than I feel like she's been portrayed in the past. Um, yeah, it's like a more subdued probably cause she, I mean, almost certainly cause she's like grieving, but like, I think you could read this as less just like I'm blaming Peter Parker. Cause that's my go-to thing. And more like, yeah, she's always thought something was off about him. Uh, but she never really had any reason. So it always came across in just like the worst, most obnoxious ways. Um, I don't yeah. know if that even really answers your question. How I feel about her is like, I think she's a bad person. I don't think this is what contributes to her being a bad person.
0: Yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think That's this how is I a very
1: felt. understandable reaction from her. She's being yeah. like, remarkably calm.
0: Yeah. Well, cause Peter's not literally in the room. If he's in the room, she'd be screaming. That's, <laughs> That's true. <it>.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's always like a trigger for her. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it just, it was sort of like, am I feeling sympathy for Anna Watson? It feels weird, but at I the don't same time, I still
1: necessarily for her in this scene because of what she's, talking about or communicating right. i have felt sympathy for her in previous episodes after mary jane goes missing
0: yeah in the season for sure right. and it, and it is sort of like i don't know it, it could have been maybe it was because i was listening listening to the behind the bastards on like on on the stuff before like that literally came out today the day of recording but it like it did give me vibes of like you're sort of like middle-aged like suburban women who just like are who get like really really wrapped up in like conspiracy theories and the idea that like everyone is out to like kidnap them um it it kind of was giving that a little bit where she just is, his is so paranoid and like bought into the misinformation, essentially that like we're surrounded by people who are going to like destroy our lives and just want to, and just want to murder us and kidnap us. And that's Peter Parker just fits into that mold. Like it, it was kind of given think, that a little bit, you know, I
1: totally get where you're coming from. And I think Anna Watson could be that person. I just don't know that this show has made her this, that person. Yeah. She has a very yeah, specific fair. problem with Peter Parker and Peter Parker alone
0: yeah yeah And that makes but
1: sense. you know if you don't want to be charitable or have sympathy for Anna Watson I think that's how you read her is that like yeah she is too easily convinced by sensationalized news stories meant to rile people up and instill conspiracy yeah
0: yeah I yeah. think that probably yeah. is who she is <laughs> yeah I think it's interesting god it is yeah I, I think it's I, as much as I hate her like it is, she can be sometimes an interesting character in certain scenarios i think she and I should think this be this is one of those scenarios i think she should yeah, be an I,
1: interesting character i think she wasn't until mary jane went missing i think the sh-
0: yeah i think the show kind of failed her a lot um, in making her too despicable and not giving her any depth of redeeming qualities. And it's like, again, like a fucking Majelle Barrett like voicing yeah. her like she could do more stuff. And I think this kind of proves it that like they do try to give her some depth just in the fact that she is not angrily screaming this information to punish her yeah. and like sees this guy with a fucking. It was a fucking wearing a bandana and a, and a blue outfit with a giant skull on his chest. And it's just honestly, like having a casual conversation with him.
1: That's honestly probably the best evidence you have that she's not the person that you're talking about from the Behind the Bastards episode because she has no problem with that guy. That guy yeah. looks like the scariest guy you can run into. You know what I mean? She specifically yeah. has a problem with Peter. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. I think the show fails her because it should be compelling that you're. Your mother figure's best friend and love interest's mother figure is the one person in that foursome who suspects that something is wrong with that boy who she's right about. He is a superhero who is hiding something from all the people that love him. You know what I mean? Like you could do something with that where like this person who is kind of unlikable but right um, is somebody that is sort of a thorn in Peter's side. Like there is something there, you know? Yeah this show just doesn't do that
0: yeah yeah or doesn't do it effectively maybe right no agreed agreed yeah yeah it's it is it's interesting stuff um and again i think it's smart to have her be the reason that punisher gets involved in this episode and it is out of nowhere as it feels fucking it ends up being pretty fucking smart in this as this episode goes along yeah was Um, not expecting
1: so bravo yeah
0: yeah absolutely and next scene, I love this too. I just, I love fucking every scene in this episode because I love the idea that Peter just is hanging out with Liz Allen. Finally. Finally. Who- <laughs> and it's like in a situation where it's like he's not just hanging out with a lady that he wants, he wants because he wants to date her like they are hanging out oh yes. as friends who were previously mutual yes. friends to mary jane confiding in each other about like their feelings about you know mary jane's gone and they're both are friends with harry and care about him like they're not he's not trying to like he's not sneakily trying to trying to make out with her mm-hmm. which like, i'm sorry honestly that's the every relationship he's ever had with women on this show on the up show, until yeah. this point yeah. has been like this so it's actually kind of except for deborah whitman i guess except but he like actively kind of disliked her so like yeah this is the first time that he's like friendly with another person on a good nice on good terms with them it isn't trying to fuck them and it's yeah. kind of it feels kind of momentous actually no it's fantastic <laughs> and i should i know
1: you know this but i should clarify like my finally is because of what you're talking about he's he's finally reaching out to somebody who's connected <laughs> to the situation in a similar way to him as they would understand it um, yeah. but i i do ship peter and liz in another Show so I want to clarify yeah. that that's the, the I'm talking oh, sure. about the finally in this context not a Liz yep. Peter f- I do not ship this
0: <laughs> yeah no t- t- spectacular Liz and Peter is a very di- two very different, different. characters <laughs> two very different characters Liz, from this and Peter this Liz. Liz and that
1: Liz simply share a name that is it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> nothing nothing alike in any in any way really
1: but it's cool because we've seen Liz like a handful of times in like yeah. very small pieces you know like small mm-hmm. doses. Um, and almost never in ways that are really impactful. The Hydro Man one was probably where she had the most sort of like uh, impact on the episode itself. And it still was like pretty small. Cool, but small. This is nice because mm-hmm. once again, it's like a good reason to have her in the show. It's a great reason to have her intersecting with Peter. And it's just like nice to see.
0: Yeah. Why What Peter, why were not you reaching out to Liz earlier? Like, why was this?
1: Stupid.
0: <laughs> because so because stupid. he. stupid. <sighs> He he could only think of Felicia because he was secretly hoping they would have, like, she would, like, you know, feel, like, have sympathy sex with him, basically, is really what it was. That's And he never thought of Liz that way, so he never thought it to go to Liz. That's, yeah. that's probably what was happening.
1: Yeah, he is, like I said weeks ago, he has so many people he could be reaching out to just as a friend. The only person he makes a genuine <laughs> effort to reach out to, because clearly the Harry effort wasn't real, is the one person he wants to fuck. So... Of course yeah. he's not reaching out to Liz. Of course he's not reaching out to Deborah. Of course yeah. he's not reaching out to anybody, you know?
0: Yeah. Why he probably you know, like, Liz uh. Liz probably reached out to him
1: and he was like probably. Oh, I forgot
0: I forgot you existed. Yeah, I guess why we'll probably, probably had several
1: messages <laughs> on his answering machine from Liz Allen.
0: <laughs> or worse he just he just happened to run into her at the coffee place because he goes there regularly anyway and I, she was oh like by God. the way peter do you want to talk
1: yeah remember how we both <laughs> were connected to mary jane remember how i was friends with her before you started dating her
0: i'm pretty sure the implication is that liz is mary jane's a best friend actually like
1: <laughs> yeah i don't even know if I've, i feel like we probably could find somewhere where it's explicitly stated i don't know that that's 100 mm-hmm. true but i wouldn't be surprised
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Based on the way she cares for Mary Jane and treats Mary Jane in uh, in the Hydro Man episode, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yep, yep. Well, finally, finally, they're hanging out. Uh, Like I kind of alluded to, the conversation turns to Harry because you know Peter is uh, recognizing that Harry feels bad, but has not talked to him about it at all. I guess. Um, And Liz, and but Liz is the one who comes up with the solution because she's like, "How about we cheer up with a late night pizza?" Which I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm like, if someone surprised me at like 11 o'clock at night with a pizza, I feel like I would have, I don't know, maybe, actually no. I think I'm good. okay with it. I Good. I think I'm okay with it. I, I think, think if okay I were, it.
1: if I were really sad or really down, right, this is the kind of surprise yeah. that I think I could appreciate. Normally I'm like yeah. iffy on surprises. Like I don't love people showing up without me knowing. I yeah. think in this circumstance where it's literally just like friends are bringing you food. Cause I think like this is a scenario where friends could bring you food and be like, do you want to hang out or like, nah, like, and that would be like, perfect. You kind of balls in your court. We can eat pizza together or you can just be like, thanks so much. Love the pizza. You know, like I think this is great.
0: That's true. No. And you know, it's perfect. Cause it's sort of like, if you decide you're not hungry, then it's like, pizza's just as good the next day. Um, it's like bringing a casserole,
1: you know, for, uh, for folks who've just lost someone.
0: That's good. God, I really want a late night pizza right now. If I (laughs) ordered a pizza, I have leftover pizza waiting for me. Oh, stop (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll think about this. So they're gonna grab some pizzas for Harry. <laughs> they arrive to the apartment. This is another fucking bananas thing. It's like it's actually kind of wild because they fucking blow up Peter and Harry's apartment in this episode. Seriously. It just explodes. Yeah. So does that <laughs> apartment not exist anymore? I think it's done because I think Peter has just moved back yeah, in. Yeah. Like in why would he go house, back? Kind of
1: yeah. That's such a good point. Right. Right. Damn. Right.
0: That. The harm is just fucking gone. that's uh, bananas that that just happens yeah no, i I like the way that she wrote this sentence you, read it. you wrote
1: it <laughs> okay. when they arrive to Harry's apartment, uh however, they do not find Harry necessarily as they expect. instead, Liz nearly gets her shit absolutely rocked when an explosion <laughs> blasts the door, clear off its hinges. <laughs> That's so funny. That's,
0: that's a beautiful, that is a beautiful
1: sentence, Doug. Thank you for writing that. Sometimes I'm like, should I write this this way? And then I'm like, you know, Who it'll be fun cares? if I get to say it. It'll also be fun if Derek has to say it. Yeah, because
0: sometimes I don't read ahead and then I just start t- talking and then I have to say what you wrote without realizing what I'm getting myself into. And that's also often very fun.
1: I don't editorialize that much, but sometimes it's fun.
0: <laughs> it's funny, too, because like. I, I think I it's I don't really understand exactly why Liz is Liz is unconscious at this point, and also there is how Peter no
1: explanation
0: there's no and how Peter is like she's okay just shook up. How do you know, Peter? What do you mean? Like she's unconscious after an explosion happened that you ran from. What do you mean she's just shook up? What does that mean?
1: Also, <laughs> like- <laughs> also his. His solution to her just being shook up, his sort of like, okay, she's fine. I can. What What would you do next? Would you leave her on a bench outside unconscious? Because I in don't know if York that's City. what I would have chosen.
0: In New York, yeah. I mean, it's 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 giving very Back to the Future Part 2, where they just leave Jennifer <laughs> unconscious on on a swing in an alternate timeline and then just go out back in time it and is she's i believe there. the
1: last we see of liz in this episode
0: <laughs> yeah. yep yep she and she and elizabeth shoe have that in common Unfortunately, i don't know if that's what
1: i would like to be giving but this episode certainly <laughs> gives it
0: <laughs> it's like arguably the worst part about the back to the future sequels just happened to liz allen cool well Congratulations, that's perfect because I, I think guess. it's
1: maybe the worst part of this episode <laughs> It's
0: pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> what is he thinking? I, why did she? Why did she have to be unconscious? Why couldn't she just? Why she could couldn't just run and go run home together? Yeah, and then and then Peter's <laughs> like, "I'll go get help. You call the police." And then she does that. Like, and then she's gone for this. That's it fine. Would explain why is why there's a news story
1: about it? She's the one contacting <laughs> people. She's the one they're talking. It it is so funny now that like. I did. I yeah, just thought it, it was ridiculous that he left her on a bench. But you're so right. Makes, why did she need to be unconscious? There is, is no explanation for this. Like yeah. in in how this what, episode what, is written, there's no need for her to be unconscious. It actually makes what, more sense for her to be conscious.
0: <laughs> right. What knocks her unconscious? And also, like Peter obviously didn't report to the cops because he's yeah, being Spider Man. Like, did she just wake up and call the cops eventually? Anyway, in which case, yeah. Why did she ever have to be unconscious in the first place?
1: I don't fucking know. Yeah. So well, yeah, weird. that that's the worst. So weird. worst
0: part of that. I mean, I think it says a lot how good this episode is that that's the worst part of this episode. Yeah, no. I mean, it doesn't but it actually is the worst bother part of me this that much.
1: It's just an absurd thing to do.
0: <laughs> it's just so funny. It doesn't break anything.
1: It, just, it doesn't not I mean, it doesn't necessarily yeah. make sense, but it doesn't like dramatically not make sense either. It's like But whatever. it is funny.
0: It's just like sorry Liz, you're just unconscious now. I couldn't believe re- it. I guess I guess you just fainted at the idea of an explosion happening near you maybe.
1: I it's just a funny one-two know. punch because I I thought I was going to be hung up on the fact that she was unconscious <laughs> and then he leaves her on the bench, so it really <laughs> is just bitch. like rapid succession. What <laughs> the fuck? So weird.
0: Poor Liz. And this you is right after
1: it. I'm like, oh, this is a Liz that I could enjoy. Maybe I like this Liz, and it's like, well, we don't. <laughs> like, okay.
0: <laughs> Look, I mean, you know. I- <laughs>
1: I mean this guarantees uh, that this will never be a thing because if I were Liz, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, want to talk like, to Peter ever.
0: Again. That's why he that's why he leaves her on a bench because he only cares about women who he wants to fuck. And Liz, for whatever reason, he's not attracted to. So true. Therefore, as soon as she's asleep, he's like, I don't care. Bye. Uh, so awful.
1: <laughs> so terrible. What a horrible thing to do. <laughs> Peter, come on. <laughs> I mean I know that the show's justification is like he's a superhero and he suddenly sees Green Goblin flying away from the That's apartment true. so he's gonna basically say fuck all to everything else and go after the Green Goblin like I know like, what they would say but again it she just doesn't need to be unconscious.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean and I guess yeah like in I hate that I'm saying this but in Peter's defense it is such a shocking thing to see what do you he assume see Norman Osborn again who theoretically would be the key to finding mary jane again which is the thing has been haunting him like i understand why that would cloud his judgment enough for him to not be thinking through leaving liz on a bench so like in universe even though it's still a shitty thing to do mm. i understand how peter in a flawed way would just like be clouded by that and go after him but they still didn't need to write her unconscious in the first place he does
1: they so. don't need to write her unconscious and i i mean i guess technically i need to go back and and double-check this, but I don't think he leaves her on a bench because he sees the Green Goblin. No, that's I true. I think he leaves her on a bench, turns to go, uh, you know, do Leave, something, and then sees the Green Goblin. Yeah. So. No, because I
0: think that... Because I think... Yeah, because I think his. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? Okay, I'm sorry. I hate that I'm defending this this much because it's funny and and stupid. <laughs> but, like... He also, I think, is making the assumption that Harry is there. So I think it could be that he's leaving Liz on the bench to go back in and hope and try to see if he can rescue Harry. Oh, okay. And then yeah, he yeah, sees yeah. the green goblin fly off okay. and gets distracted by that. Okay. So I think he's leaving her to save a life, not expecting that he's gonna be gone for gone all night. You okay. know what I
1: mean? You've gotten me to a point where I could believe it. I do think okay. you had to do that work. But I, I believe it. But
0: I think we solved it. I think we solved it. Peter is not a horrible person. He's trying what? to save another life, and was only <laughs> temporarily leaving her there yeah. in, in the chaos of the situation to find Harry.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then
0: gets distracted by the Goblin, which is still shitty, but like, I understand in the chaos of it, Right. then he goes after Goblin after yeah. that. So. I can't
1: argue with that. <laughs> I still feel I horrible. Love- I can still feel horrible for her, but I can't argue with I that. I
0: mean- I think inevitably, yeah, we have to feel horrible for Liz. And the drama of <laughs> Harry and Peter's apartment getting fucking blown up, Yeah, it, that is pretty wild that this show just did that. Like, he's yeah. never going back home again now. No, He just moved in, and he can never go there again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is some wild shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. <sighs> so, above the city, Harry Goblin is talking to Vision Goblin in a skyscraper's reflection. And he's like, please, I'm going, I need to see my father. You said you know where my father is. Tell me where my father is. Which, like, I think it's a very I think it's very smart that like up until the very kind of tail end of the episode, Harry is never fully going full goblin, even with the goblin gas, and presumably going a little bit crazy as things are going along, hence like cackling and stuff. He is still always focused on like, I'm only doing this because you said you know where my dad is and I have to do this for you to tell me where my dad is. I think mm-hmm. that's very smart because that ad, that that means that he's never going to be fully committed to the Green Goblining. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's reflected in the vocal performance that he's like not fully committed to being a Green Goblin mm-hmm. because like Gary Imoff's performance like he his voice fluctuates a lot. Like sometimes he is doing a really good imitation of like Neil Ross's Goblin voice like to yeah. the point that I'm like did they just have Neil Ross like do the voiceover, and I don't think so. I'm just, I'm just gonna give the credit to Gary I'moff. He's just that good of an yeah. imitator of I Neil Ross. Um, cause sometimes, yeah. Cause sometimes it just sounds like goblins laugh and voice, but then sometimes he's fluctuating back and forth and just doing his hairy voice. And I think it's like mm-hmm. really smartly done. Like he really, the animation reflects
1: that. it too. They animate the faces of Harry as the goblin and the green goblin he's seeing in visions differently too. So That's I mean, they so really, true. they make sure yeah. that it is like clear in several ways that Harry is not consumed or convinced, uh, mm-hmm. by being, by having the powers of goblin, you know?
0: Yeah, it's really smart because we're going on, we we get through like one half of a sentence before going on another tangent. I'm about to go on a tangent right now. Um, but like, I one thing that I really was thinking about a lot when watching this episode is that like, I think there is a particular challenge to trying to adapt the hairy green goblin story because this is, I mean, thinking about it, this is the first time the hairy goblin has ever been adapted outside of the comics, right? And they're trying to like do it like the comics did it, where his dad dies or some variation of dies. And then Harry sort of learns that and then goes crazy himself and takes up the mantle. Mm -hmm. But like, I think a challenge to that is that like, because the comics just had Harry just be another green goblin, Like, but had the advantage of like many years in between Harry having a very long character arc, and then still being able to play the surprise and tragedy of a character that has been like a like mainstay supporting character for such a long time, falling it back into what his father was doing, and then becoming another Green Goblin. Like, there's something to that being a long-term story that makes sense, but that is harder to adapt if you're trying to do it in a like sort of quicker, short-term fashion, right? Like, we don't have years Mm -hmm. of 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 Norman Osborn, and then. Like, or between Norman Osborne and Harry Osborne being a goblin. And I think other probably adaptations have run into that too, where it's like, you don't want Harry to just be a repeat Green Goblin because that's boring like if yeah. he's just in the same costume doing the same stuff that's really boring the comics could pull it off because there was a wide stretch of time between Harry taking that mantle you know and it, so it made sense but like in a TV show if it's only been like a year in between like that's fucking boring if it just becomes the exact same type of Goblin as Norman I think like Spider-Man 3 kind of ran into that so it's like mm-hmm. I guess James Franco rides a snowboard now because we can't just have him <laughs> be in the exact same <laughs> Goblin <laughs> outfit, right? Yeah. Um so like I think it's really smart of this show to be like, he is going to be in the same costume, but it is very much harry is wearing his dad's costume and the and the sort of conflict of the episode with him is him just like trying to do it well doing it under duress essentially and under the specific instructions of his dad who's telling him exactly what to do and then seeing like the classic norman like chastising harry for being a bad at Mm -hmm. life relationship reflected in him as the goblin so harry never gets to be a classic green goblin he is always this like failing imitation green goblin that can't do it well um as his dad's like chastising him and like that is so much more fucking interesting than if harry just found the gas, went crazy and became another green goblin. Like I, I just, I just really can't overstate how much I fucking love what they do with him and never let him escape from being like the failing, like, uh, wants to be, wants his dad to be proud of him guy, Harry, as he wants to be when he becomes a goblin. Especially because
1: they make it explicit that he now has goblin superpowers, right? It's not just that he sucks at it because he's not goblin. He is goblin. (laughs) Yeah. You know? He's just bad at it. He's not good at it. He's still a the failure. tragedy of
0: like <laughs> he keeps a full on supervillain like his dad and still can't get his dad to be proud of him. Yeah. Like that is so sad.
1: Yeah. And so Harry <laughs> like, Osborne.
0: It is so Harry Osborne. Yeah, yeah. Like he never gets to be cool. Not once. Yeah. Like it's, no, it's so,
1: yeah. It's great because like, I mean, doing a goblin thing is always going to be a little bit challenging because the goblin, what makes goblin stuff so exciting and, and interesting especially when it first happened was the mystery of it all right so you have to make this choice of like do I want to try to do a mystery that is still going to have some unpredictable elements to it which is really really hard um, or do I not want to and if I don't how do I make it compelling this is a way to make it compelling right there's another goblin they chose not to make it a mystery as to who it was um, and so they lean really heavily into something else that's compelling instead it's great it's great very good choice very yeah. clever good well-crafted you know yeah I have yes. a question about this next point. I mean, I think I know okay. the answer. I just for, like Harry is convinced that he destroyed Spider Man, right? Like he's oh, not yeah. lying to Goblin.
0: No, I think he's so naive that he thinks just like an explosion around Peter Parker is gonna kill him. Must and he have. doesn't and he's not smart enough to think about like checking for a body or anything. So did he I know think it's just,
1: So he must have known I mean he knew that Harry and Liz were out there, or did he think Harry was home? Wait, sorry oh, Peter, Peter thought Harry was No, did Harry he think Peter-, Peter was home, or did Harry know that Peter was like I'm- outside?
0: my assumption because because he was literally there and he flew away i think he was there in his goblin getup lying in wait f- watching for peter and liz to show up and then just oh, like, okay the so he just saw that, as soon as that makes sense okay i got yeah. it yeah 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 okay yeah. that makes sense to me yeah mhm
1: and he's just bad at being goblin okay yeah checks out yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah he's just bad at it <laughs> cool <laughs> so he just
1: mistakenly reports <laughs> uh to his uh to his uh, reflection to to the real Green Goblin that he killed Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. n- of course, his luck, Spider-Man shows up exactly as he's reporting this. So he's like, gotcha, bitch. Um, and naturally, because Spider-Man doesn't know that this is Harry and just assumes that it is Norman, he attacks Harry pretty viciously, like without yeah. pulling any punches. Even says like Norman's name, I think, at one point. Um, as he's like beating the shit out of Harry, Harry doesn't notice clearly based on how this episode plays out. Um, and then goes to unmask him, like as he's beating him up, and then finds Harry instead. Of course, this makes him hesitate. Harry's like horrified at being discovered. gases Spider Man, and then flees.
0: Yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> not to go back to this, but I was thinking about as you're talking, and it's like it is wild that Harry would immediately be willing to murder Peter, his best friend. Like they don't, he doesn't really grapple with Peter being Spider-Man. He just sort of like accepts it. And then when Goblin is like, kill him, uh, Harry's like, okay.
1: I think it checks out by the end of the episode. Yeah. Because what we know is that Harry has discovered that Peter is Spider-Man, right? We also know that Harry feels slighted by Peter, even if he doesn't know the extent of why, uh, because on multiple occasions, he's walked into Peter's room, sometimes hears Peter having been in there and then suddenly dipped out on him in a weird, mysterious way. So when he finds out he's Peter, he knows that he's been keeping secrets from him. Um, Also, the goblin vision he's having, the real goblin, explicitly says, I'm not giving you information until you kill Spider-Man. Who he has just learned is this friend who has basically like Mm -hmm. promised to be there for him and is not and is somehow wrapped up in the disappearance of his father and Mary Jane. So like we don't see him grapple with it, but I feel like I can see where point A gets to point B.
0: And he does have the goblin goblin gas in his system. So like you can always explain away that like he is not in his right mind no matter what. Like even though he seems like he's acting a little bit more uh, sane than you would expect him to be, or compared to is uh, at the end of the episode. Like I he think, still is like operating on a different level than he normally yeah. would. So actually, yeah, I think, I think that all checks out
1: more. So more so this show, more so than this show could have shown him wrestling with that decision. They could have shown him being more angry before the point yeah. at which he is explicitly angry to Peter.
0: Yeah. I think that that's, if I have one criticism of the episode, which I'm again, I still love this episode, Um, so like, obviously I didn't necessarily need it, but I wish I could have seen him grappling more with the Peter Harry identity or Peter Harry, the Peter Spider-Man identity. And, and, and like you were saying, like kind of actively being angry at it earlier, Mm because it does feel like he learned it, but I feel like he kind of like wrestled with that off screen. It seems like, because it's like, we see the, the the beginning of the episode, it's like, he already knows that's the case. And then starts doing goblin stuff. Like he doesn't really, he doesn't really have. I know that he has there's only so much processing that he's done, but like he doesn't really even have much of a reaction. We never really get to see his actual reaction to learning that, that that pretty like world-shattering fact, you know? Yeah. And I do feel like that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Like I know how he feels about Peter by the end of this episode. Like he says as much, but like I I would have liked to see the drama really of him nice just like it throwing stuff around the room as he realizes all the flashes back to all the ways that Peter has betrayed him or whatever in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, Give
1: us a moment of him trashing yeah. Peter's room before he blows Peter up.
0: Right. Oh God, that would have been great. I want to believe that that happened. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's no reason that it couldn't have happened. That place is fucked mm-hmm. up. We'll never know.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> burns all of his, all the pictures of them together and everything oh.
1: <laughs> well peter wasn't around <laughs> enough for them to take pictures together so that's that's charitable. True,
0: <laughs> they just sort of like yeah i mean like they just sort of magically were best friends at the beginning of season two yeah. despite never really hanging out so when yeah true when would they have ever hung out with each other yep yep but um but yeah so yeah so so harry's gone um, I think there's like a brief moment that I love when like he's being chastised by, by, uh, the vision goblin for, for fleeing and Harry's like, I ran out of bombs. <laughs> it's like, I yeah. think that no goblin has ever had that problem ever Not before. Once. They've never run out of, gobl- run out of bombs. Of course, Harry of all people is going to run out of bombs. Yep.
1: <laughs> so good. Such a fucking dork.
0: Yeah. But Spidey is shaken that Harry somehow learned his secret identity, so he whips off to find him while Harry is preparing for their next engagement.
1: Meaning getting more bombs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. what else is he going to (laughs) do? Yep,
1: yep. Well, later, Punisher and his boyfriend, Microchip, watch a newscast Mm -hmm. about the explosion at Harry and Peter's place. They're actually in separate places. I think Punisher's driving the van and Microchip is at Command Center. Um, But ultimately, they're watching the same newscast about everything that went down.
0: I love hearing Robert Robert Axelrod's voice. He has such a nice voice. He does. I have so much nostalgia for him because he's like so... So many characters from my childhood that I love. He's voiced. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. Yeah. RIP to a legend for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're watching this, this newscast. So they're getting kind of details about uh, the situation and Punisher figures. Hey, if I can find Harry, uh, I can find Peter. Uh, Harry might be easier to find considering Anna Watson has said that Peter is a mystery. Uh, So microchip gives him a lead to the Osborne estate, uh, which he calls just, like, another address for the Osborns, which is weird, because, like, that's probably the more well-known one. But, okay. <laughs> yeah! Like, yeah. then, then Harry is, like, metropolitan apartment. Although, I guess, does mm-hmm. Harry live in Oscorp Tower? Is oh, there an actually, Oscorp Tower in the show?
0: I don't remember. I feel like they only like represent
1: they... Oscorp through the industry the, park, the right? factory. Yeah. I
0: think so. I feel like that's what they always cut to when they show Oscorp. I don't think there's a tower they really show so i don't yeah i don't know anyway yeah
1: microchip gives him the map quest to the osborne estate um which (laughs) just so happens to be exactly where civilian mode peter also ends up looking uh for Mm -hmm. harry
0: yeah and another thing that harry's bad at is he can't even fucking close the secret bookshelf door my
1: god everything that happens at the (laughs) estate is where i like there's plenty of stuff that Harry does wrong (laughs) right throughout this episode Mm -hmm. and leading up to this point, but you kind of can understand it. He's like reluctantly a supervillain. He's using equipment. He's never used before. He's like talking to what he kind of assumes is just like, he doesn't assume that it's not there, but like, it's weird to see a vision and mirrors and your reflection and talk back to it. So you kind of can understand him fumbling over stuff. Everything that happens in this estate really is just Harry Osborne being a dumbass. And like Peter calls out, wow, I'm so glad that Harry doesn't know the difference between a computer being off and asleep like an idiot. <laughs> it's, <so funny. laughs> it's just like yeah. he specifically calls out how stupid his friend is.
0: Yeah, I think that's the stuff where it's sort of like, oh, I see the comedy writing coming in here. <laughs> and it's also like, it becomes intentional that it's sort of like, oh, it's not that they're like, you know, that like this character is like inept by accident. It's like, it really is trying to emphasize that Harry is just not fucking cut out. Harry not will never be a... All. A true green goblin because he is just not at all cut out for this. Not built. He has no fucking clue what he is doing.
1: (laughs) No, so in over his head, completely out of his depth.
0: The the lap shot, by the way, which is like the biggest fucking brick I have ever seen in my life. Like because it's also a
1: printer, Derek. Oh, that's true. It is also a printer. (laughs) That's actually true.
0: It's it's so fucking funny because it's like I've you know I operated laptops in 1997. I know how much bigger they were than they are now. But this thing is a whole other level. This thing is like a tower. That is a tower unto itself. Yeah. And you're right. It also is a printer somehow. Sure. I guess those exist now.
1: I (laughs) I looked up if this ever happened. I don't think it ever actually happened. But there was a patent filed for a laptop that had a printer uh, like attached to the bottom. Of it, it didn't like have its own paper storage, you would basically like feed the paper through it um, and uh-huh. it would print. That's how it was intended to be. Um, but I was like, I wonder huh. if this has ever happened or if this was like a thing. No, but someone tried, is my understanding.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that they tried and then realized that printers already are like the worst pieces of equipment (laughs) ever known to man and already don't work and trying to attach it, trying to make it smaller and actual laptop is only going to just, it would just catch on fire. Like it would would never
1: work. The shittiest, most sensitive piece of equipment in your office is the thing you want to be carrying around with you and getting bumped around. Like no way, not a chance. You want to take it out of its environment and expect it to work. Not going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah, imagine trying to print something in like a coffee shop.
1: Like- <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine being sitting next to the person who's printing shit out on their laptop in a coffee shop? Good Lord. Oh,
0: my God. It's like you thought people wearing like like the Google Glass glasses were annoying. Like, wait a load of
1: this. <laughs> One day you look up and you realize you're surrounded at Starbucks by everyone printing shit off their laptop. What the hell happened?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, but basically, basically, Peter finds literally every bit of information he would ever need <laughs> um, in this goblin hideout that Harry just left sitting. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't like, like not not you know password protect or turn off his laptop. He just like leaves a map with a list of all of the hideouts just sitting there on the laptop. That Harry's just like. Alright, well, this is good for me, I guess. Cool. Harry Thanks, Harry So for quickly me undoes
1: day. all of Norman's work. It's wild. Yes.
0: Yes. Peter has a list of every single goblin hideout that Norman probably spent you know a full year establishing and a lot of money establishing very secretly. Peter is just like, I know where every single one of these are now.
1: Like, uh. <laughs> Norman.
0: Like Norman, horrible person. I do kind of feel bad for him. I I would be frustrated if all of my work was just undermined in one fell Uh swoop like that.
1: Yeah, I hate Norman Osborn. I mean, great character most of the time, but I hate him as a person. Right? Like he's just like despicable most of the time, and he treats (laughs) Harry like shit constantly. But I also feel bad. He put in a lot of work. He's formidable. He's a smart
0: guy. Uh, Ridiculous. uh, Oh, Harry.
1: Oh, Harry.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this also this makes things even worse because on his way out, Punisher spots Peter and begins to follow Peter. And I, I love this about the episode too because Peter can't even like change into Spider Man because mm-hmm. Spider Sense is sort of like I can tell someone's watching me. I don't know who or where, so I got to just like be Peter now. So he ends up spending a chunk of the episode doing his investigations as Peter because he knows I someone is that. watching and can't change. Really cool, really and really smart too for the construction of how things go in the next few scenes.
1: Well, and of all the ways to force Peter into being Peter, because we've seen, like, a couple different ways, right, where, like, Peter is basically, like, held hostage by a villain as Peter Parker, and so he's forced Mm -hmm. to stay Peter. This is, like, a different way to do it, and I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, Well, he arrives at this first goblin hideout on the list and finds another hidden lab, of course, and this time it is full of goblin weaponry. And as he sort of pokes around, Punisher approaches him and accuses him of being the Green Goblin, which I think is really fun and kind of great because based on the knowledge that Punisher has, it's not really that wild of a claim to make. Um, He basically says, like, three names keep coming up in the the disappearance of Mary Jane. Spider-Man comes up, you come up, and Green Goblin comes up. I'm finding you here amongst amongst all this Green Goblin shit. It kind of only makes sense. Kind of connected to Harry Osborn, X in common. It makes sense, right? I I love this. I think it's cool. I do, too.
0: Yeah, a couple things, too. One thing I missed, too. I just love the fucking callback when Microchip is looking at Peter Parker. He sees a uh, they, – they pull up like a newspaper headline. The newspaper that they pull up to like talk about who Peter Parker is is like photographer saves philanthropists with like a picture of Peter and the kingpin. Mm. And that's from the co- Hobgoblin yeah. to part of Hurricane Season 1, which is like a funny kind of callback because it's sort of like – it's like the first Goblin episode even though it's not Green Goblin. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it has nothing to do with this episode. But it's just sort of fun that they call back to that. Yeah. Yeah, I um, like that. Yeah, fun bit of continuity. But yes, yes, yes. This, it's sort of like, I remember watching this and it's sort of like, oh, this is why Punisher's in this episode because this shit is so fucking cool seeing Peter, because the mistaken identity, like, makes sense, right? Like, if if Punisher connecting the dots, connecting them incorrectly, but, like, in a way way that that does make sense. sense. Yes. Yeah, It's sort of like, yeah, I mean, sure. And, like, and all the information that Punisher has is based in the idea that, like, Peter is hiding something. There's something weird about Peter. Peter is unreliable and disappears a lot. Like... The two options are either he's Spider-Man or he's Goblin. Peter shows up at the fucking Goblin hideout. Of course, Punisher is going to make that connection yeah. that like the secret he has is that he's the Goblin. And Peter doesn't help his case yeah. because what Peter does to like oh my <laughs> to throw him off is just immediately start using Goblin technology yeah. against Punisher and using it very well. So it's like yeah. not helping your case, buddy. Not even a little bit. <laughs>
1: I know he like <laughs>, laughs at the accusation, but then immediately is like, "Well, I'll do a bunch of goblin shit." Like Buddy, yeah,
0: Buddy <laughs> throws a bomb, uses the gloves, yeah. hops on the fucking glider. It's so funny. It is so funny. It's but hilarious. I love it because you you do specifically get the image of Peter Parker riding a Green Goblin glider, which is the coolest oh, shit I've ever seen in my life.
1: When I said they do some cool stuff, this is it. Him him flying so that good. glider is actually very cool.
0: It's so good.
1: Yeah, I like it. Civilian Peter on the glider rules.
0: Yeah. And he like flies through like alleyways and stuff. And it's like dodging mm-hmm. helicopters and dodging like laundry lines. Like it's so fucking like they do so much cool. S- like it's, it's very brief, but they do so much fun, cool stuff with it as it's happening. And this is well, one of those things, you know, I, I think I said at the top of the season that I like, I don't really, I didn't retain much from the season because I didn't really watch it. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that I did remember was Peter Parker riding the goblin glider because it's such a fucking cool visual. Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. It makes sense that it would stick. Um, it's, he's also bad at it so it's not like they can even yes! like do like an easy smooth glide or anything like they do a good job like portraying that too you know like it's just mm-hmm. oh, so impressed yeah I mean it's I guess a, it's not that uncommon for them to like choose to put their resources into goblin related episodes in this show True. maybe it wasn't always the case but like we have seen there have been instances where they're like oh it's a goblin episode and we are going to dump some cool shit into it you know yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess I shouldn't absolutely. be surprised, but you know, this, this season it's really good, but it has also been kind of economical in the way that it tells stories where it's either real things are happening really fast um, or they're using flashbacks to kind of like tell you the story. Uh, so there haven't mm-hmm. been that many opportunities for us to just like really praise something that is just totally original, cool, artistic, animated stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I fully agree. I also love the flourish. Like when Peter does inevitably crash because he's not very good at riding this, <laughs> he's like, uh, and he's like avoiding like Punisher's like homing missiles too. Um, of course. The way that he crashes is like he crashes into a playground, like grabs onto a swing and like swings it fully over the top of the swing set, <laughs> uh, and then lands from there to soften his fall. But like he d- and and but what's clever is like he doesn't, you know, he's trying to be Peter Parker, not Spider Man, so he doesn't do it in a cool Spider Man flippy way. Mm-hmm. He does it in kind of a normal way, and like they animate it really well, and it's such a, it's just such a fucking cool flourish. Like I would have just been fine if he just fell off of the glider onto the sand, but adding that like the little spin on the swing set is just such a fucking cool visual thing to watch. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah.
1: It's yeah, really good. It's, good. it's really good.
0: And yeah, and then one of my favorite lines of the episode, you know, he lands, Punisher confronts him and is like, "Okay, well, that proves you're the Goblin. Obviously, you're just doing Goblin things." And then the hairy green goblin just shows up in the sky. And my favorite line of the episode is uh Peter just looks up and says, well, what do you know? That must be me up there.
1: <laughs> Such a little shit, but it's so good.
0: He says it like with his hand on his hip as he's pointing to like, it is like the cattiest quip he's ever had. <laughs> it's, it's so funny.
1: I do love that. Yeah. I'm with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, he, uh, he, he, uses the scrap this this discrep oh my god can't say the word distraction <laughs> this distraction uh he uses this distraction to uh just you know escape run into the bushes and suit up and then he's like well he's out there so i'm gonna find another goblin hideout to investigate and see if yeah. i can find more information it's
1: got that whole list it's got that whole list yeah
0: yeah he knows where all of them yeah. are
1: so yeah So Harry Green Goblin returns to one of the hideouts and gets chewed out by the Vision Goblin, basically for just sucking at being Green Goblin, of course. So Um, brutal. I know, right? (laughs) So the Vision Green Goblin instructs Harry, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go to Oscorp. You're going to get this new battle glider that Norman was preparing. And if, again, if you destroy Spider-Man and you shake this Punisher guy, I will give you information about Norman. So do not fuck this up. (laughs) And Harry's like, okay, got it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, so Spider-Man uses the knowledge of Harry to assume correctly that Harry's going to return to Oscorp because Harry is nothing if not predictable. Yes, serendipitous. (laughs) Spider-Man
1: also says, like, Punisher might have this information, but I know Harry, so I know where he's probably going to end up. Which I think is a nice way to put that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it is too. And as the battle glider is being prepared, Spider-Man interrupts Harry chatting with Vision Goblin, um, which is like, you know, and then we get the very clear, uh, you know, clarification that, like, Nobody else can see this, mm-hmm. that only Harry can see this, which, you know, makes, makes Harry look cr- crazy to everyone else. Right. So, yeah. so spider Man's just like, Oh God, Harry's just like talking to himself and he's like, okay, but Norman is gone. Like Norman is not here. You're not talking to Norman or the green goblin. They're not here. Um, and when Harry gets like really clearly riled up by the vision, like going back to his old school, like you stole Mary Jane from me. Mm -hmm. You're a traitor. You You betrayed betrayed me, (laughs) you know, which, you know, was obviously like really fucking annoying back in like season three. But now it's sort of like, if Harry firmly believes that, like that's just like feeding into like feeding into whatever level of narcissism he has feeding into like, you know, the mental instability he has like, of course he's going to go back to that bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Spider-Man just kind of ignores that part. It's sort of like, Harry, Norman was the Green Goblin. And Harry's like, what? And the Vision's like, uh, I mean... And then takes off his mask and confirms it. Yeah. But but to like drive that knife in even further, he's like, yeah, I'm Norman. But that whining simp of a
1: father doesn't exist anymore. This, Yikes. Derek. I did not... I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. I didn't okay. realize the word simp has existed for a while and had just a completely oh, yeah. different meaning. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah like, for sure. I was like, did he just call Norman a simp? And in what context? <laughs> because that doesn't make sense, as I understand the word simp. So then I had to like look it up and be like, well, one, I had to turn mm-hmm. the captions on because I didn't have them on for some reason. And then was like, oh, my God, he did say simp and went down a whole etymological journey uh, yeah. to learn that our current use of the simp or the, the current mainstream use of simp uh, is very new. <laughs> yeah. Despite the um, word being relatively old. You probably
0: don't know this then. One of the things that I a weird bit of trivia that I love is like the, the very first technically the very first joke on The Simpsons. Um, is in the opening credits, the original opening credits, uh, when the, you know, the title of the show, the Simpsons pops up through the clouds, mm-hmm. the cloud covers up part of it. So the title of the show looks like at first the simps, and then Suns <laughs> is eventually exposed by the cloud. Yeah, Like no. if you watch the show, that's the original title. And the joke being that huh, they're the simps because they're dumb. Oh no, they're actually the Simpsons. Yeah. Like, that that would have like been totally lost joke. on me. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I never knew that that was a i never i had never heard anyone sincerely using the term simp i mean i guess i heard it on the show but like didn't it never clicked with me? what that meant Mm -hmm. i never knew that that was a term it was one that i knew for the longest time yeah until until like learning that like you know much later in life so yeah yeah yeah
1: that really caught me off guard
0: (laughs) i guess it was kind of dying out as like a pop culture thing yeah uh, no at this point
1: it was revitalized in sort of like a weird way recently where like I don't I don't know that it was ever like super mainstream or like super slang. 'Cause know. it's just
0: it's just short for simpleton, right? Like that that's where yeah. it comes from, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So Which yeah. has
1: like no relation to how it's used now. I'm still not entirely sure. I don't know if anyone's really entirely sure as to like how it ended up being what it is. Yeah, uh, like
0: why would why is Yeah, yeah, actually don't understand. I don't know. Okay. Weird. I don't know that Sometimes you're people just Sometimes people just say words and they catch on for some reason. I think that's also strange how, how language works.
1: works. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful moment. <laughs> yep. Yep. Any who horrified that his father has been called a simp. Uh, no horrified that his father was green goblin. Harry begins to break down. Um Spider-Man attempts to console him but Harry ends up snapping. Like goes from crying to lifting his his head and like full transformation physical like vo- like the way he's speaking is different um and just kind of fully embraces the Green Goblin identity. He ends up flying off. Spider-Man pursues him despite Punisher arriving um and attempting to stop Spider-Man. So uh now the the task is <laughs> uh-oh Harry's gone crazy and i have to go find yeah
0: him. or stop I him love the way that like his sobs turn into cackles mm-hmm. and then like the expo like you know like he's sobbing into his hands they turn into cackles and then he you know, looks up and suddenly there's like the black circles around his it's eyes it's upsetting and, like, It's upsetting and like, you know, because it isn't just the black circles, but it's also like the way, like the way that his, the sinister way his eyes are suddenly being drawn in general, almost like the shape of them almost changes. And like, I feel like they draw more lines on his face. And then like, their performance is so good. Like, because you you it it becomes very clear that like Gary I'm off was doing something very deliberate with his performance where like he never was fully going for it as mm-hmm. Goblin at all in this episode. Because once he turns, he does and he is doing a different performance and he is really truly doing his version of a Green Goblin performance. And it is so fucking good. Like it is it's so good because it really is just like it's not just a Neil Ross imitation, but like he's clearly emulating that. Yeah. He's doing sort of his version of it. It's really, really well done. Yeah.
1: It's awesome. Save it for the big moment, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man's, react- Spider-Man's reaction is like, this isn't exactly what I was hoping
1: for. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement, but true. <laughs> So so Spider-Man is obviously chasing after Harry, this newly embraced Green Goblin. Um yeah. and Punisher joins. So they're both chasing yeah. after a Green Goblin. Yeah. And they chase ooh, him to the joint. Geor- wait, wait. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I just forgot something that I love to death too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I, I made so many notes for this episode. It's wild. Um when, when Right before they both leave, mm-hmm. when, um, when Punisher first starts bombing the building, he says specifically, battle van, stun yes. rockets, minimum spread, stun rockets. When they shoot stuff, they explode. What makes them stun, Punisher? What makes these rockets a stun rocket? How are <laughs> rockets that explode things any different from kill rockets? If they're exploding, how are they stunning things? How are they stunning rockets? How are they stunning anyone? frank like tell me explain <laughs> to me what makes frank them frank frank what makes them stun i need to know
1: i'm obsessed with the question what makes them stun personally i'm reading that <laughs> sentence differently than you're saying it and i love it <laughs> what makes them stun <laughs> Frank, what makes them stun? Girl, what makes them stun? But yeah, Have no, that is stunned, a great point. I mean, I don't know. think there's a such thing as a stun
0: rocket. No. I think that that's impossible to exist. No,
1: yeah, <laughs> and, for sure. Everything Punisher has will kill you. That is clear. <laughs> so funny it's just so funny because
0: it's like it's almost unnecessary because like he's exploding stuff anyway you don't need to say anything you could have just said battle van fire and like exploded stuff like why yeah. do they feel the need to like emphasize these are stun rockets they're not going to kill anybody I don't, don't worry as the building around them explodes like it doesn't make it's any like, sense
1: punisher is like one of their few opportunities to have like weapons that are obviously weapons and not like just lasers or like light mm-hmm. so i don't know if they're just like enticed by that <laughs> but I don't know. It's yeah. Over yeah. too much description. We don't need it all. Or Frank, right, you need to right. explain yourself.
0: What right, makes right. them stun? <laughs> yeah. Stun as everything catches on fire around spider. man yeah. yep. That'll stun them is blowing them up. Um, Sorry, that was very important to me to bring up before we I'm got glad. too far along.
1: I'm so. glad. You've brought me my new favorite question, so I can't be mad at it. How do they stun? <laughs> what we'll makes them stun? How do they stun? What we'll makes them stun? Um, but, <laughs> so, so, Spider-Man and Punisher are pursuing Green Goblin, right? Where they end up is significant because they end up at the George Washington Bridge, which was the site of Norman and MJ's disappearances, right? So this is, like, a pretty important place. Spider-Man knows this. He notes it immediately. And he attempts, once they get there, to appeal to Harry through their friendship. Unfortunately, because Punisher was also following... Because Punisher was also following... Um, this plan is fucked up because Punisher fires a missile at Goblin, and Goblin is just like, "Oh, okay, you were once again pretending to be my friend. You have once again betrayed me because you brought your little friend over here with his stun rockets or whatever." Um, and this was all fake. You're fake, Peter slash Spider Man. Yeah, which is yeah. another really nice, crafty, yeah. quick, you know, easily yeah. understood sort of miss understanding that has uh dire consequences
0: yeah well, another thing that justifies punisher being in this episode because like i i think i think that you could argue that that harry isn't so far along that peter couldn't have talked him down but because of punisher's interference like he can't at this point yeah, yeah. you know given where the episode ends like harry is just is in a bad place but like i think he could have been calmed down Somehow, if Harry, if Peter happened to say the right things, but he doesn't have a chance to because there's fucking well, stun rockets being fired at them.
1: Because Harry fully embracing Green Goblin is not equivalent to Norman embracing Green Goblin, right. right? It is still, I still think, even when Harry embraces being Green Goblin, he is still what you described, which is Harry Osborne wearing his dad's suit. Ultimately, he stays that, even when he is yeah. broken, even when he snaps, he is still Harry Osborne wearing his dad's suit, and so I think that always, always presents the opportunity for Peter to appeal to Harry because Harry's not right. gone.
0: Yeah. Like, it's interesting because it's sort of like, it's sad that he never gets to grow beyond his dad's shadow. But like, the good thing is that he never fully becomes his dad either. Like, he never fully becomes a villain either. Yeah. 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 I also like to like, you know, I, I guess at this point we've had two villains This is Terry is the third villain who has learned Peter's identity, which is like Green Goblin the original Green Goblin and Venom and now Harry. And both Venom and the original Green Goblin, like use that information to like attack him at a personal level. Mm -hmm. And like I love that like once it happens with Harry, like again, he's not like smart enough to really do anything with that information. Like he doesn't go after Aunt May. He doesn't like try to like fuck with Peter's job or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He's just like Oh, my dad told me to blow you up. So I guess I'm going to throw a bomb at you. Like, that's it. And I think, again, that's just like it's a smart way to like differentiate Harry being the Green Goblin and not being very good at it yeah. from
1: like every other villain we've ever seen. Like, it's so smart. Yeah. He's not built for this. Like, he doesn't think this right. way. He doesn't operate this way. He's not going to be good at it ever.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point just how all of this goes down Because (laughs) Green Goblin is like okay Well I will attack the battle van I guess Um, And Vision Goblin's like right And Vision Goblin's like Okay, you're doing something pretty good right now. Okay, we'll, we'll go move forward with this. Throw some bombs and stuff, buddy. Um, you're doing it, kid. <laughs> you're doing it, kid. But he doesn't get to do anything cool because he immediately gets tackled off his glider by Spider-Man and then into the river, where from which nothing returns. Ugh. Which Spider-Man is fully aware of because he dives in. And he's like, "Oh my God, not again, not again." He fell into the river, which means he's never going to. He's just going to disappear forever. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. Not again. Um, Like, a good recreation of, like, you know, the turning point stuff, but also the river from which nothing returns. Uh, But in this (laughs) case, in this case, in this case, a miracle happens, because Harry (laughs) actually washes ashore, and Punisher scoops him up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, um, I do think it is very sad. This is going back one beat, but I do think it's very sad that basically the way that Harry as Goblin... Gets defeated is because he's so caught off guard by getting praise from Norman that <laughs> he so stops true. attacking, which gives Spider-Man the opening like that is also extremely. Oh my God.
0: I'm so glad you said that because that, that didn't even really click with me, which you're so right. Like he, that 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 moment of pause of him just mm-hmm. being like for the first time was an enti- in his entire life his father finally said something mildly close to, I'm proud of you. He doesn't even say that. He just says like, okay, you're doing pretty good. Like, it's just like the mildest of praise. That is enough to just completely throw Harry off of the little game that he had. It is so sad. It is so sad. If you ever needed an episode to like actually make you feel bad for Harry Osborne, like this episode kind of nails it.
1: (laughs) It's hard in this show to feel bad for Harry Osborne, but this episode did it.
0: Yeah. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but hey it doesn't episode it, it doesn't episode good lord it doesn't end there though does it punisher wasn't the only one on the shore was he
0: yeah yeah and this is you know when it's sort of like if you weren't sure if you somehow weren't sure <laughs> if uh if uh if if norman was a hallucination or not then at, we just get norman's perspective we just cut to green goblin norman vision goblin in that interdimensional limbo just chilling just chilling there watching things through his little goblin interdimensional tv peering Mm -hmm. into the real reality somehow um and he's watching like oh this sucks harry lot harry harry fucked up wait who was that what how could she be there and it is in fact mary jane watching from the shore
1: Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's weird, too, because I feel like the only reason they, like like you you pointed out early, like there's plenty of clues along the way and plenty of things that you could just lean on to say, like, it has to be literal, but I feel like the only reason they actually show him in his weird little, like, interdimensional limbo cone is because they needed somebody to witness Mary Jane on behalf of the audience, because, like, yeah. no one else present could without there being consequences.
0: I don't know. Did Like they, Who else is going like they... to
1: witness yeah. Mary Jane?
0: But did Mary Jane need to be there? Cause, well, actually, no, no. I take that back. I'm immediately taking back my statement. Because I was going to say they could have just had the surprise be Mary Jane just shows up at the doorstep and not even have this at all. But I like the implication with her showing up on the shore that the implication is like, oh, she showed up where she disappeared, which, you know,
1: yeah, no, I think that's significant. And he comments specifically like, how is she here? Not because we as an audience are like, "Whoa, how is she here? But because he is trapped in interdimensional limbo, she should be too. So like, yeah, it's like, wait a second. How did she get out? I have not been able to get out. How did she get out? Which I think that's a really really point is what makes, this is what I was talking about at the top, right? Not, not the ambiguity of whether or not he is literal, but the choice to make this whole situation be literal as opposed to Harry just having visions or just going crazy is so that this yeah. is a really convincing, compelling moment because he's watching somebody who should be in the same scenario. He is being outside yeah. of that scenario and no one else can yeah. really witness it to have that impact because everybody else has been looking for her.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, right, right. I think it's really helpful because, I don't know, I feel like, like, even if you haven't watched this show, I feel like the spoiler for what happens in season five is pretty clear. Um, so I'm not going to say it now, but, like,
1: if you know, like, where I think like, there what, are maybe the storytelling... people who listen to us, maybe young enough, who are watching this show for maybe. the first time and don't know. Maybe.
0: I don't know. But knowing clips that get recycled a lot. True, like true, true, them. true. But either way, it's sort of like, I think that this helps really... Establish a mystery for this because it's sort of like all everything is set up here. That it's sort of like this is the place where Mary Jane disappeared, showing up again, being viewed by the person she disappeared with who hasn't been able to come back. Like all of this is sort of like tying it right back to what happened at the end of Turning Point, Mm -hmm. like so deliberately that it makes it just be like, I mean. I guess she popped out of a portal somehow. Like, I, I guess I just have to buy that. Like, yeah. I feel like it really helps sort of solidify that going forward for Mary Jane being back, even in a sort of like feel seemingly random way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. What a moment. Yeah. What a moment.
0: Fucking good. Fucking great. Fucking I great. guess it is it worth feels, saying like, yeah. if
1: you are, if, if somehow you are just like watching it for the first time and just like listening along with us, you know, heads up, because we're probably not going to keep it a secret for much longer what we know. We I mean, can't.
0: <laughs> it's really it's hard. It's hard because I feel like it it colors everything that happens. Right. So, um, so yeah, so know. maybe just watch. Just know that. Yeah, if 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 you're someone, I, I can't imagine there's that many people. It would be but, really but, difficult.
1: I just think it's possible.
0: Yeah, but I think if if you are one of probably a few people who are watching this and who doesn't really know spoilers beyond and wants to watch along with us um maybe just go ahead and watch season five <laughs> i mean you'll have Before plenty of time to, like, we're not gonna roll episode. immediately
1: into it after four but oh yeah, i see what you're right. saying yeah 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 you yeah but, you need but to watch I feel it. like it's gonna yeah. color right right it's right. gonna color
0: the rest of the season though it's gonna color <laughs> yes. everything going yes. forward so maybe just watch season five because i feel just like go for it it's gonna be really hard i think we'll try to talk about it like as if we didn't know what was coming, but like I think inevitably there will be. It might be interesting to have conversations, both like if you don't know what's happening, and also the and what you know
1: in retrospect. Happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. So yeah. maybe just watch season five if you haven't seen it before and don't know what happens.
1: <laughs> and if there really is somebody out there that this applies to, please tell us. I find that very fascinating. I'm
0: really curious. Because it's such like an iconic show, and again, like a lot of stuff has is just like in the zeitgeist, you know. If you're a Spider-Man fan, so yeah. I am genuinely curious if you're listening, and you're like, I really don't know what happens after this episode or after this season. Like, I just think I would that'd actually be neat. think it'll be really cool. Yeah, I'm I think jealous be really of you, cool. honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it'll be really cool to watch this show. Yeah, completely. You know, with with fresh eyes, yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Anywho, there's a couple more things we got to get to here because it doesn't just end with that shot even though i guess it technically could like that wouldn't have been a terrible way to end an episode um we do still have a couple things to get through later that night on his way home peter's beating himself up for once again being responsible for the loss of someone very close to him Uh, but when he arrives at his house he finds the punisher and harry inside So Punisher demands, and I think it's fun that he puts it as tie-up loose ends at the end of an episode. I just think that's fun. Punisher demands that Peter ties up some loose ends by telling him where Mary Jane is. Guess what? Peter doesn't have to get to that because the episode (laughs) ends with Peter answering a doorbell to find Mary Jane herself right there. (laughs) Also, Punisher delivers... Okay, question. Okay.
0: No, no, I I know exactly what you're gonna say. Okay, because I, I was paying a deep attention to this because my first I'm stop, glad you when were. Mary Jane showed up.
1: Mary yeah, Jane shows so, up. And I think they hug Peter I, and her hug, right?
0: Yeah, but then she she passes out right after they hug. Oh, okay. the reason I was paying. yes. The reason that I was paying close attention is because I was like, how is Mary Jane not reacting? I know that she's just showed back up and Peter's right there. And, and, and according to her, she's just sort of like, I just knew I had to go back to you, Peter, because I love you. Like, so her brain is squarely on Peter in this very moment. However, there is a man... In a with a skull outfit and trench coat and bandana in Peter's living room, sitting next to Harry Osborne, who is
1: like tied in electric, up and electri- like giggling to himself, tied up
0: tied up in like electric bounds in a Green Goblin outfit, giggling to himself. How does she, how does she have zero okay. reaction to that? Yep. And the answer the answer I think is that like she's meant to be out of it and just sort of like in a daze because she immediately passes out as soon as she finds Peter. That so she sense. was like. Coming wherever she was coming back from, she was like on her sort of last legs, low energy in a daze. That's why she's just sort of like, I just knew I had to come back to you, Peter, because she's not really in her right mind right now. So I think that explains all of it because otherwise I'm sort of like Mary Jane, how are you not commenting on Harry cackling at you right now? And you're saying that like electric, we see her pass out in his
1: arms and I just like looked away at that moment. I do. I mean,
0: I mean, it's this show, so it's like less like a nanosecond that it happens, but it does happen because I was desperately looking for (laughs) a reason for why she was not reacting to the situation. That makes sense. I'm glad.
1: I'm glad. Because I, I really, you know, we had Liz passed out for no reason that we could really explain. And then she was passed out. I miss that she passed out. So I was like, like another women, one?
0: Women do be passing out Women in this episode, do be passing out. Sure. Women do be not getting perfect, the
1: vapors on this show.
0: Not a perfect episode. No. <laughs> yeah, but.
1: So, 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 the episode ends with Peter answering the door to find Mary Jane. Punisher delivering the passed out Mary Jane back to Anna Watson's home and Spider-Man delivering Harry somewhere to get help. We just don't know where yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do I do like that Harry's just sort of like, I mean, I'm insane, but I'm not violent right now. And I think that's a good thing. I think that that's a little bit nice. I don't really understand how it made Punisher feel human again, but I'll take it, I guess, because he yeah. just did something nice. I
1: like Punisher's presence here. I almost wish that they hadn't done like his... I, I know why they do. But I almost, I think they could have just left out the sort of like, I have to do this for me. Cause they don't explore yeah. it. I know we no. know about it from previous stuff, but like eh. Just let, yeah, him, it just doesn't let really him do anything for him. Be me. compelled.
0: Yeah, I think he's an interesting enough complication in this episode that like I didn't really need him to have an arc. I think he was, it, was no. just, it would have been cool to just have him there. I think I think it it feels it ends up like it calls attention to the fact that I didn't really Understand or was invested in what he was going through when he's like, it made me feel human again. I'm like, w- okay, because you just did, you I don't know, you didn't do anything. You just yeah. carried a lady to another lady's house. Like I I don't understand. Like yeah. I I wish you wouldn't call attention to that. Just like right, cause, cause complications it, and then help solve resolve the episode and then leave. Well, like, and that it's easy
1: enough to just buy that he feels bad for this old lady who's like you know basically teenage daughter well, i guess college right. age uh granddaughter went missing like i think i think yeah, we know enough sure. about the punisher to buy that he would help yeah you
0: know? i think so too I, so. I appreciate the swing of trying to do that but it's like yeah this episode was already doing enough i really just did not did not need that it's, yeah it's just kind of
1: unnecessary doesn't necessarily yeah. hurt anything but it was like maybe a little bit superfluous at that point
0: yeah for sure so. for sure
1: dang dude
0: yeah i fucking this is a, this is a really fucking good
1: episode of this show though yeah good stuff very very good yeah and lots of good stuff to to really like dig into sink Mm -hmm. your teeth into
0: yeah yeah i also really like face of the episode uh i really like harry going over over the eye (laughs) shadow uh his 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 (laughs) fully goblin face is so fucking good we talked about it
1: already yeah it's unsettling because it's like You know, this show, even though everything's not constantly perfectly on model or every anything, like you know generally what everyone's supposed to look like. And like this is a very obvious this no longer looks like Harry, right? It's not just like slightly off model. It's not just like a weird frame or something. It's like this person's face has changed. It is
0: genuinely a new a new character design for him.
1: Yeah. It's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like his eyes are different. Like the way that his eyebrows curve down, his mouth is way bigger. Like it is a different face. It's still recognizably Harry Osborne, but mm-hmm. it's a different face. And yeah. I think it's really smart to just be able to, to really mark the moment that he fully
1: turns. Yeah. And you're right. The eyeshadow's wrong, buddy. I, if you're trying to do a smoky, like too much down low, you're trying to bring your eyes up. <laughs> you're trying to bring things up, okay? Like you're trying to lift. Yeah. Thank you don't want to create bags it. where they don't exist. Thank you for circling back to that. I Appreciate it. I just think you have a good point. Yeah, I I agree. I always have a good point. Whatever, ever
0: not had a good point? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure many times. Actually, <laughs> we're not going to go to that road.
1: But I, I've never never heard it. Never. I can't recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good episode. Very I really like this one. This they is really. really
0: fun. Yeah, uh, I don't think this episode, this this show's ever ever missed the mark with a Green Goblin story. So I'm I'm very, very happy with it. Good yeah. stuff, man.
1: You know who else has never missed the mark doing anything ever? Us. We're great. Ooh. We're incredible.
0: Yeah. Um. I disagree with that, Doug. We have missed <laughs> the mark sometimes, but sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move forward with that idea.
1: Um, it's us, and we have a Patreon where we're constantly nailing it. Uh, Patreon.com slash snappers, All kinds of stuff over there. Lots of Spider-Man stuff and quite a bit of not-Spider-Man stuff if you just want to hear us talk about something else um and hey check out our discord there's a link in the show notes you can talk with other uh folks who are talking spider-man listening to walloping web snappers um and us um we're in there too uh you can also find us all over the place on the internet derek where can people find you and the things you're working on
0: yeah sure you can find me on twitter at derek b you can also find me on where no my my podcast gimmicks <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> um, find you on your podcast uh, find... <laughs> you can find – yeah, I guess I am there on my podcast. You can find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, of course. It's also uh, at Gimmicks Pod on social media.
1: What about you, Doug? You can find me anywhere at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. Just search it. It will be me. You can also find, someone's someone's going to find something where I don't have that and be like, ha gotcha. Um, but it should be me. <laughs> uh, you can also listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast and Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games that I do with my friend Katie. You can also check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watched every Pixar film chronologically. Look for all of our Falling with Style episodes, including one about Elemental. Um, it's probably still in theaters at this point, and I love that for it uh so if you've only just recently seen it uh check out our episode on elemental you can get that and all the other episodes wherever you get your podcast you can also get them on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com which has a full archive of following with style and walloping web snappers and it is easy to sort so you can listen to just the stuff you are looking for you can also follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com of course please rate review and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too. And they just haven't found us yet. Next week, Mary Jane celebrates her return by immediately getting cast in a major blockbuster movie in The Haunting of Mary Jane Watson.
0: I'm very excited for this episode. That
1: sounds like it rips. <laughs> See?
0: Oh, you don't know the half of it if you don't remember what what else happens in it.
1: I don't. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> See you then.
1: Bye.